Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 368. And tonight we are back on schedule. We're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 230. Carlos Explained. And yes, this is the wrap-up to the entire University of What It Is arc that we've been listening to for the past, I don't know, how many months now? I, I've completely lost count. And they started it with new intro music. Mm-hmm. So we knew this was going to be a big deal of an episode. And also that they're on hiatus in July, yeah. which we actually were listening for the little announcement. So yeah. it's not going to catch us by surprise yeah. this time. So, um, Cecil's talking about how there's so little left in Night Vale. I mean, the man who is not tall and the man who is not short, they are just like government people, boring government people. City Council is a den of confused rattlesnakes. Most heartbreakingly, Dr. Janet Lubell managed to explain away the lights over the Arby's. Uh, Cecil didn't even go into what it was, no. just that that meant that they're gone now and that was his memory of his first kiss with Carlos (sighs) interestingly enough though the one thing that is still left in town is the Ralphs because Bell saw that and she went yep that's a Ralphs and I'm like yeah that's a Ralphs would be pretty much just a Ralphs (laughs) so uh, Carlos is no longer denying his interest in science and he has decided to explain the concept of enough is enough Mm -hmm. when you cannot add anything more to an equation and Night Vale is an equation that has had too much taken away from it. It's basically what this is a battle for him is a battle between the science of people who want reality to be dreary and they want everything to be a prize they can hold in their hand, whereas he wants science to be about discovery, about the opportunity to be able to help people. So he is now going to solve the problem of Dr. Janet Lubell. Yeah. So Dr. Lubell has issued her own statement, and she's saying basically that um, Carlos, someone seems to have forgotten who they are. And she's talking about how she knew him when he was just a low-level scientist. She knew him when he talked about this little town that he had found out in the desert that was the most scientifically interesting place in the country, I believe. We have finally found out the reason why Dr. LaBelle has been gunning for Carlos this entire time. She's jealous. Yep. Because yep. when Carlos decided to explore the whole concept of Night Vale, he got all the attention and all the accolades and all the funding. So her research, which was to find a more contagious version of the measles that would also make your eyeballs explode, (laughs) she didn't get the funding that she needed for that. So she's been holding a grudge for a long time. She's saying she wants Carlos to meet her face-to-face at the gates of the University of what it is, the Night Vale campus, Um, and they're going to debate, and she's going to explain them away, and there will be no one left in Night Vale, and she alone will say exactly what Night Vale is, and she's the only one that matters. And this is what she wants, and everything that she wants is objectively the right thing. So Cecil comes back to say that Carlos has left Night Vale, and Carlos said that he had to go find an old friend and a new friend. Did you hope that maybe he was going to go and get somebody from the desert other world. I was really hoping to see Kevin again. I was so hoping that was what it was going to be. Spoilers, that's not what it is. (laughs) Well, so Lubell comes back and with another statement and she talks a bit about, you know, do you ever look up into the sky and are just awestruck and this whole idea about wonder and 
she said, well, that means you're not a good science and you probably shouldn't be allowed to be a scientist because wonder is a lack of objectivity. She's just so gross. But then she starts talking about all the things that he's been looking at and the places he's been going to and how you were stuck in the desert otherworld for 10 years. Oopsie, was I not supposed to say that? That little piece of information, the time didn't work the same for you as everybody else, and you hid the fact from your husband that you were stuck in the desert otherworld for 10 years. I think we had a little bit of a hint from that in the uh, It Devours book, but yeah, that's... I, I, now, Cecil did not address this no. at any time in the episode. No. No. Makes me wonder if maybe he actually had told Cecil that. I mean, she's assuming that he didn't tell Cecil that, but I don't know. I mean, Carlos tells Cecil everything. So we get another response from Carlos, and he is asking for the Nightvale citizens to come with him to the University of What It Is so he can debate Janet Lubell and try to advocate for his version of science because of course everyone has seen what science has done and that's all they're seeing of science and he wants to try to give them his own version of science something that actually makes lives better yes he says that dr labelle wants to use science to destroy and carlos wants to use science to help and so he is hoping that he can use his science to help dr labelle see things differently but if he can't he will use his science to destroy her (laughs) and cecil says uh okay so let's all go to the university and let's also go to the wood let's go to a song oh (laughs) Oh, no the weather's still gone Uh, it was very bouncy, the mm. song, and it was, it's not doo-wop, and I don't know what I'm trying to think of, but I think it's from that same time period, yeah, almost. So I had, like, sort of like a combination between that and a 1980s TV theme song. Yeah, I had uh, Rockabilly, is what I had. Oh, okay, song. that's yeah. probably what I'm thinking yeah. of, yeah. yeah. Which is nice. Yeah, it was called Engines by Dead Billionaires, and we come back from that, and Carlos arrives at the university in this kind of, like, jaunty little jalopy car. With a cloud hovering over him, raining down dead animals. Mm. And it is, of course, the child of the Grillo Cloud. And Carlos says that he's come here with his two friends, which Cecil doesn't quite understand until the car winks at him. And it's Josh Creighton. <laughs> Yay. Which is kind of ballsy on both of their parts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Dr. LaBelle's there with all of her people behind her, and a crowd has gathered behind Carlos as well, but they're glaring both at LaBelle and at Carlos, because this is still the citizens of Nightville, and they're still really anti-science right now. So, Carlos gets to speak first, and I I really recommend listening to this episode to hear, and I'm trying to think about... Because, of course, they're always referencing current events Mm. or mirroring current events. And this whole idea about science as a creative force, but science used to tear people apart. I'm wondering what specifically they're addressing with this. I don't know, because, you know, they, they do reference current events all the time. I don't know. I mean... Could it be possibly related to the trans debate and people talking about, you know, women are women and men are men, and that's just science? Yeah, I think that might possibly be it. There might be also shades of COVID, like how everyone is trying to use their own competing versions of science. Well, there's there's actually a phrase that comes up later in this episode that I I really feel like that came up from COVID, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he says that basically that science is messy. It can be used to help, but it can also be used to hurt. 
And we talk about science as if it's something that's outside of ourselves, but it has only ever been just us. Yeah. And I liked that very much. Yeah, yeah. And Cecil agrees with all that. And he says, you know, we've been thinking this entire time that it's been us against science, but it's really our science versus their science, I suppose, but that we all have to be together. And out of all of this, Dr. Jones steps forward, and Dr. Jones says the scientists of Night Vale is right. Uh, Dr. Carlos Robles? Did, Robles. We, did Robles. we know that was his name? I don't know if we knew that. No, darn. So he, Dr. Jones continues, says the University of What It Is used to have a higher purpose, but only one person now can bring us back after, you know, take us away from this pretender. Carlos, will you be our new dean? <laughs> It's amazing. And all of the scientists by Dr. Jones, you know, they talk to each other and they kind of mumble for a little bit. And then as one, they all step forward to join Dr. Jones and step away from Dr. Lubell. That was a very triumphant moment. But then Dr. Lubell, she's looking very flustered for a second, but then she starts laughing. And then we hear her again. And she's just like, let me tell you, Carlos Robles, middle name that's inexplicably Dave. (laughs) And just utterly furious but not cowed at all and she says i don't need any of you other people nothing will cause me to waver this whole idea that you have a different idea of what science should be it just means you're worse at science than i am (laughs) which is really but she's just she's going to explain him she's absolutely going to explain him and it will destroy him and you carlos robles were the son of wait (laughs) it's just that fast yeah and there's a moment of silence, and then Cecil comes in and says, and that's when the child of the glow cloud dropped a dead cow on Dr. LaBelle. And we're like, yay! <laughs> and of course, all the townspeople are like, all hail! Oh, so it's yay. so, so fun. And I think Cecil says something like, she was squashed by a dead cow, and we should probably check on her to make at some point to see if she's okay. I'm pretty sure she's dead. Yeah, I think she's. I mean, later on in the episode, they mention about the tableau that's there and this you know, remains of a dead cow with two legs sticking out from underneath it. I'm like, aha, wicked witch. Yeah. And also, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure she's dead. So Dr. Jones steps forward and by the power vested in him, names... Carlos as the new dean and Carlos accepts but he says he is going to still continue to work um, in his own lab Mm -hmm. and then someone in the crowd shouts but much of our town is gone and Cecil's not sure maybe it was Cecil who was shouting that he's not sure but he says you said science can be used to help help us with science yeah and Carlos says, you know, I have taken a look at Dr. LaBelle's explanations, all the things that she explained away, and I have found that they do not hold up to scrutiny. They're hasty, without rigor, pedantic, and most importantly, not Not (laughs) peer-reviewed. Love that, yes. That is the COVID thing that I was thinking of, all these people talking about hydrochloroquine or ivermectin, saying the scientific studies have actually proven, no, they're not Not peer-reviewed. They're really not. And that is important. Yes. Um, And one by one, 
Um, he says he's been debunking all of her debunking and he kind of waves his hands and it all comes back. I mean, city council's there screaming in triumph and Tamika Flynn is in the middle of them holding her ears closed and grinning. And I need to see fan art of, that, of her standing in the middle of city council with her ears plugged, but uh, <sighs> smiling. The brownstone spire came back. Um, the lights over the Arby's came back. It was so pretty. It was neat. Except the one thing is, is that, you know, the child of the glow cloud is there but there isn't a return of the same familiar glow cloud from before. And Carlos tells the child, I'm so sorry, I wasn't able to explain away her explanation. Mm. So now the child of the glow cloud is the only one of its species left, so it will forevermore be the glow cloud. Yeah, and the whole town kind of came together and mourned about that. I think that's probably, that's kind of going to happen. I mean, this is such a big arc that they did, an end of season technically arc. I, I, we were going to lose somebody. I yeah, guess. and I think there's still things that we don't know. Like we don't know if Sarah Sultan fist-sized River Rock if mm-hmm. she's come back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still illegal to practice science in Nightville. They haven't uh, repealed that ordinance yet, so mm-hmm. I don't know what that's going to do. No. So Cecil asks Carlos, you know, what do we do now? And Carlos is basically like, you know, we go home and we have dinner and we're together as a community and we remember that we are better together than alone. And also. There's some research that he wants to do in a desert other world. Oh. Yes, that's what he's going to move on to next. Maybe we'll see heaven. <laughs> You're hoping. Oh, goodness gracious. And that was it. That's the end of that arc with the University of What It Is, but now has a campus in Night Vale, and Carlos is the dean, so it's lovely. Yes, and we got a slightly new outro music, mm-hmm. and then like at least a minute and 45 seconds of exit music with us listening like, it got really tense towards the end, because I was waiting for something to jump out. Yes, yeah. I mean, a Fidelipak would have been great, but we were just sort of, like, crouched next to the recording going, anything? 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 No? Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> because here at Binary System Podcast, we listen to the end of the episode, so you don't have to. <laughs> okay, so moving on to the next thing. Uh, I first wanted to say that if you're noticing a slight difference in the sound quality, we are recording this from Florida at the moment. Eee! Yes, with a nice little sweet gray cat sleeping next to us. Yes. Edgar. Yes. So sweet. So if you hear little sounds of like things moving around, we've got the microphone resting on the bed and he's resting on the bed as well. So anyway, he's adorable. Trust us. We'll send pictures. But so what I really wanted to talk about is so you know the whole kerfluffle with Justin Roiland of Rick and Morty? Oh uh, yeah, that he was caught basically being awful to everybody. Yeah. I think, I think um God there was like Domestic violence and battery, I think, and also like possible kidnapping and then a lot of messages to underage fans. And then he got taken to court, but the case got thrown out because there just wasn't enough evidence to move forward. And so he's been like, hey, it's justified. It's justice and everything. We're like, nah, really. Anyway, um, Adult Swim and Cartoon Network, they do not care. And they have actually kicked him off of Rick and Morty. He's one of the co-creators. He is the voice of Rick and Morty. And Adult Swim is still like, no, we don't want you around. So, yeah, that is still being resolved. They're talking about recasting. It's tricky because, you know, some people say that he wasn't doing much of the writing towards the end, so the tone of the show may be the same, but the voices are really important. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I don't know. 
But what I really wanted to talk about, what I found out this week, he was part of another show, another animated show called Solar Opposites, Mm -hmm. which I watched one episode of just because I was done with Rick and Morty and was kind of jonesing for more. And it's fine. It's fine. It's these four aliens and a little larva have landed on Earth and they, you know, some of them really like it and some of them really hate it. And he's one of the main voices in the show. And they, he's kicked off of that as well. It's not, they don't want him on that one. So they just released a teaser for the next season, which we're going to go and watch this and then we'll come back with Catherine's reactions because I've seen it and I think it's pretty brilliant. Um, and I want to know what Catherine thinks. Guys, guys, check it out. I got the original dartboard from Cheers on eBay. It only cost $100,000. No, this is working for me. All right, chop, chop, let's get a move on. I hate being late. It makes me feel hot and weird. You make me feel hot and weird. <laughs> Much the same to me. Nobody's gonna notice. <laughs> <laughs> Planet Slob was a perfect utopia until the asteroid hit. We crashed on Earth, stranding us on an already overpopulated planet. That's right, I've been talking this whole time. I'm the one holding the pupa. My name's Corvo. This is my show. Comics, I just dropped the pupa. Ugh, this is ridiculous. I hate Earth. It's a horrible home. People are stupid and confusing. This is what my voice sounds like now. I don't care if it's jarring. Get over it. And that voice changer ray had chronotons in it, so this is what I'm going to sound like in flashbacks, too. You got a problem with that? Then tough shit. It's called science. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness, yes. If you're going to go with something like that, just go all the freaking way. Let me tell you some. There's one more bit of news that I think you're going to like even more. Oh, yes. Do you know who that voice is? Who? Who? It's Dan Stevens. No kidding. Yes. Wait a minute. Yes, exactly. The guy from Legion, the guy from uh, uh, Downton Abbey and everything. He's going to be the new voice. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. I was so happy when I heard that. I'm like, and I just, having watched Legion, he was really one of the best things about Legion. Yes, he really was. Oh, God, yes. Anyway, so. that just tickled me. That's, that's how you do it. You definitely... Just go full blazing forward. And I even sent it to my friend Lauren, who's really bummed out about this whole Rick and Morty thing. She actually got to interview Justin Roiland at one point. So she's like, God, this is creepy and weird. Um, And I sent it to her. I was like, oh, they've addressed how they're going to do it on Solar Opposites. And I don't hate it. And she said, oh, wow, they could totally do that for Rick and Morty, too. Oh, they could. Yes. I mean, just like like try to deliberately get up people's nose about it, I think, is the best way to go instead of pretending like nothing happened or or worse trying to get somebody to try to fake his voice yeah I mean they've been talking about that with Rick and Morty because there are people who do know how to do a pretty good Rick and Morty voice but it's it's not just faking the voice a lot of it's the comedic timing I would rather have a comedian who's got good comedic timing than get somebody who could do a really good Rick and Morty voice who sounds too stiff yeah yeah. yeah. So, but the, it kind of reminds me in the um, the live episode Oh, Condos of Night Vale. That was the first time that we heard Dylan Marin as oh, Carlos. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And Cecil even asked him if his voice sounded different because it had been somebody else. Yes. And he said, oh, well, you know, I just had to replace my, you know, voice box. It's for health reasons. And also, you know, throat spiders. And yeah. Cecil's so, like, oh, oh yeah, 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 of course. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I do love when they do something like that. Oh, man, I thought it was a brilliant choice. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week, so make sure to check out PixelatedGeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. Ooh, we are less than a month away from San Diego Comic-Con. 
uh, very excited about that one. I hope it's been a good year. Though I did hear that a lot of the major studios who usually do these giant Hall H panels, mm-hmm. a lot of them aren't coming this year because the writer's strike is still going on. Oh, God, that's right. We still haven't resolved that. Jeez. Yeah. I really want them to... Uh, Give the writers everything they want. Yeah, because me too. I mean, you've got the actors and you've got the writers, and they all deserve all the money. Yeah, and I don't understand why the producers are not caving at this point. I don't know. Between that and the news came out recently about all these artists who left the Across the Spider Verse production because they were being treated so horribly in mm. these like hugely long days and being told they had to turn it around so fast. And I'm like, man, you're you guys are killing the golden goose. You really are. You know, the people who make the art and write the stories that we really love, you are not going to be able to replace them with AI. I'm so sorry. No, I just the whole idea that people have about chat GPT and I think somebody on Twitter was ranting today about the idea that people saying that, oh we can use Use AI to give us the ideas for great shows. Mm. And they're like, and I think Ursula Vernon addressed this too. The idea is not the most important part because an eight-year-old can get an idea for yeah. a great show. It's implementing it. It's writing it. It's casting it. It's everything that goes into it. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do it and find an AI that can do that no. for you. No, you really aren't. But anyway, good luck, writers. <laughs> But anyway, uh, all that and more, PixLadyGeek.com. So next week we have Laura Levis. Oh, golly. I can't wait. Oh, Oh, my my God. So much fallout coming. But... And um, whatever else, you know, we happen to find. We are still thinking we might watch an episode of Black Mirror while we're down here. We don't know. We don't know. We might. Yeah. Let's see. Maybe we got to glom off of Mom and Dad's uh, Netflix. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. paper.